You're tuning in to the With a Camera podcast. I'm your host, Kristen, also known as Kristen with a Camera. If you or someone you know would like to be a part of this podcast, please hit me up on social media at Kristen with a Camera. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever podcasts are streamed. I'm going to tell you a little bit about today's guest and then we're going to get right into the show. On this episode, we're speaking with Dylan Barnes. Dylan is a photographer and middle school teacher from Florida. He currently has a club full of middle school students who are learning to shoot and develop black and white and C41 film. Dylan can be found at dylanbarnes.com, on Instagram at now.developing, and his photography blog, nowdeveloping.photos. It's an interview-style blog that speaks with photographers about shooting film and developing it at home themselves. And you're going to want to check out Dylan's About section, where it has links to other works he's been featured in, such as The Photo Department, Minnesota 2, Japan Camera Hunter, Analog Talk Podcast Episode Number 9, and there's also a link to his zine, 2728. You're going to want to check out all those things, and let's just get right into it. So why don't you tell the people listening a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a middle school technology teacher. Uh, I have an after school uh, film photography club where I teach middle schoolers how to shoot film and process film, uh, scan and digitize their negatives. And we also do some enlarging, some things like that. And I kind of just shoot myself for fun. And uh, that's about it. I'm a doctoral student. So I'm trying to finish that. And right now we have a pretty serious hurricane headed our way so that's uh that's very current events right there yeah where in florida are you i'm like just north of tampa so right right in the zone right now oh geez i hope that somehow it's just not as bad as they're predicting yeah um there's been a few times where that's happened so we you know we prepare for the worst but we're hoping for the best yeah so you teach middle schoolers film photography now what's the initial reaction when you say film what do these kids even think oh yeah um well at the beginning of every school year we have like a like a picnic orientation for the new students and the parents that come along and i think on the actual form it just says photography club so when i do a little presentation at the orientation meeting you know i'm very explicit in that you know if it's if you think it's a digital camera you're very mistaken sort of thing and we're actually going to do it the old way. So I think initially it turns off a, f- a few of the students, but at the same time, I think it gauges a lot of interest from the parents. And so I think when the kids go home uh, from that uh, initial orientation, their parents are like, oh, I used to take a darkroom class. You should definitely do that. So I think I think there's some parent excitement in there as well. So you're shooting 35 millimeter film with the kids. And what cameras are they working with? 
Oh yeah, uh, we're doing 35 millimeter, and I do some. I do like what I call an advanced class, which is basically just doing C41 the second half of the school year. But in the beginning, we just do black and white. We use mostly uh, Minolta X700s and Pentax ME Supers, uh, which were, you know, uh, graciously donated by the Film Photography Project and Michael Rosso. So um, I started off with point shoots and stuff like that but then michael in the film photography project they came through and donated a bunch of cameras so it's been great ever since and there's a space within the school where you can do darkroom and developing uh yeah and we have like uh kind of like a floating second floor sort of sort of deal and it's very it's very hot up there uh so we try to make it as cool as we can, but it is dark. It's dark enough that we have a, a space to work and do some enlarging. Most of the developing, though, happens in a, one of our science labs, and we just use uh, changing bags for the development process. That is really advanced, though, to teach C41 because they never even offered that in my school. It's uh, it's not as complicated as some people think it is. Uh, there's a few kits out there that are just very, like, like literally it's just all in one box sort of thing. And the, I think the hardest part is probably just mixing the chemicals correctly. After that, it's just, you know, keeping your temperatures constant. And I've been using a uh, sous vide, which is like a cooking instrument and it's been great with keeping temperature. So uh, it's not as hard as many people think. I even wrote something up on, uh, on my blog about it. So anytime anybody asks online, I just, I kind of hit them with the, that blog post. And it seems like, it, it's been useful. Yeah, and I'm looking at your blog right now, now developing. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. So how did you get started in photography? Uh, originally, I was probably maybe 16 years old, and I had a friend of mine who I still talk to, and he's working on getting his master's in uh, photography. But uh, back then, we had, like, Kodak EasyShare cameras, and then I eventually graduated uh, high school. And before I graduated, my dad gave me a graduation gift, which was my first DSLR. And I was shooting concerts and stuff like that. Um, I did, you know, the Warp Tour, and uh, eventually I got uh, – I did a Taylor Swift concert and a Drake concert. And then after that, a bunch of people kind of asked me to do a few a few weddings here and there. Uh, it wasn't really my thing. Uh, and I got kind of, I don't know if I would say bored is the right word, but just kind of working and getting paid and kind of, I don't know, uh, making your hobby into something that you rely on for, uh, money. Just, I don't know. I didn't like it. So I was looking for something that kind of reinvigorated my creative spirit. And one day I kind of picked, I picked up like a, like a Canon SureShot 35 millimeter camera at a Goodwill, and I just decided to shoot a roll of film, brought it to Walgreens, got it developed, and that's pretty much how I started shooting film. And then just kind of ever since then, I just kind of gradually, you know, I said, well, what's next? Uh, I'll shoot an SLR, or I'll shoot 120 film, you know, or I'll develop my own, I'll develop my own film and scan it myself. So it's just kind of been a progression over the past few years. And what right now are you most excited about with film photography? Is there like a camera or something about it that really has you excited? I think that's a that's a good question because for a while I think like the the hunt for like finding 
like cameras was a big thing for me, like just going out to thrift stores and trying to find cameras and just getting excited that any film camera basically that was working was in a thrift store. I would, I would buy and pick up and I would just have bins and bins of cameras. And then eventually I just kind of started giving them away because I can't shoot all of them. So eventually I just kind of started giving them away. I think the, the thing I'm most excited about right now is just kind of focusing on my blog and just giving other people as well as myself an online platform where other people can kind of appreciate the work. I think I'm most excited about the film community in general uh, in regards to that. Yeah. And it's definitely a a great place to be right now, especially. Yeah. uh, I mean, there's obviously a lot happening. Um, Polaroid's supposed to come out with a big announcement in a couple of days. So that's pretty exciting about that. Yeah. And it's it might be something with impossible and you know my thing is is if it's less money and better film I'm all for it. Yeah, it seems like the those are the two variables that keep a lot of people from shooting impossible films. So I think that would be uh that'd be very welcome from a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's coming out on the 13th. So I'm really excited. I hope it's not, you know, something for the just, you know, not for the film audience, like something like for the tweens <laughs> right yeah uh i, I kind of struggled with the instax format personally for a long time because i just felt that i couldn't find i couldn't find myself in using that i don't know i guess i felt that there was more of a process somewhere with using an original polaroid camera and not an instax camera i also like the you know the bigger the bigger images themselves you know the physical images so i thought I always thought the Instax lacked something, uh, maybe just in a physical sense. Yeah, the size is limiting. You know, I mean, the picture is the size of a credit card for so many millions of people. That's exactly what they're looking for. You know, I mean, even the size of a credit card is about the size of a phone screen. So if you never really knew, like, what Polaroid and uh, could have been, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. I never thought of it like that, though. That's, yeah. Yeah, people don't really, you know, think of much more, especially if they grew up in the age now. Glued to the phone. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a student. She came to me with like a like a album full of her Instax photos that she took over in Colorado over the summer. I guess her aunt bought her a cam- uh, an Instax camera, and she was thrilled. So, I mean, I guess even if it gets the the younger kids excited about shooting something that's tangible and physical, I guess I'm definitely down to support that. So. Yeah. So in your own personal work, who are some photographers that inspire you? Uh, I would have to say uh, my close friend, Ryan Kruger, is a is a big one. He's the one who I actually started shooting images with. And he's just a phenomenal, uh, introspective, very process oriented photographer who just makes amazing bodies of work that I'm always truly, truly jealous of. And uh, we also have uh, very similar tastes in in photography and photographers. But one of my favorites is definitely Richard Rinaldi. Uh, he did this series called uh, Figuring Ground. It was a book that he put out. And he also put out uh, Touching Strangers, which was uh, a really beautiful piece of work, too. He did a tour of the work. And it came to Tampa about maybe a year or two ago. And I got to meet him. So uh, that was really that was uh, really eye-opening, really inspiring, and he's a really great, really great guy. 
Yeah, so I remember taking that book out of the library, Touching Strangers, because at one point I took every single photography book that they had out to look at. So what about that did you like? I think there there's something that just kind of pulls at your emotions when you look at his images. I think there's a certain, maybe just the, the depth of his photography, uh, it could be the medium in which he uses. Uh, he does. I know for a lot of those pictures, he used a large format camera, maybe an eight by ten. But I know that in some of his other work, like uh, he's doing something right now called uh, hotel room portraits, and I know that those weren't taken on like a single format, and they're still all they all just fit his you know his his style and his aesthetic so well. I think it's just there's there's clearly some sort of intent behind his images when he takes them and it's really relayed and translated when you look at them and you feel that uh, when you view his images and I really enjoy that. And how do you think seeing something like that and being inspired by touching strangers kind of um, shows itself in your work? Um, I think, I don't know, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would have to say that uh, when I when I put out my I, I self published a book earlier in the year and I did it because uh, my dad had passed away the year before and I think a couple of the shots that I took in that book really were influenced by uh, something like touching strangers just kind of the formality of the composition of the images um, whether they were centered or just kind of the way they were spaced out. I think kind of came across in that regard. And I also think that those, those images were, were shot for me. And I think uh, that goes back to that intent, um, you know, and the, the intent in the process of creating an image. And I, I like to think that I got that across and, you know, the feedback for, you know, that body of work that I put out has been really positive and, you know, so that's always really nice too. And that project was called Twenty Seven Twenty Eight. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it kind of revolved around me being. It's like the second half of me being twenty seven years old, and the first half of me being twenty eight years old. It was kind of a like a my next coming of age that I didn't realize was happening. And after it had actually happened, I realized like, you know. Uh, you know, teenagers go through puberty and then, or, you know, if you're Catholic, you go through uh, confirmation or if you're Jewish, you have a bar mitzvah and you're an adult. And then after that, it's like, no one really tells you what the next stage of life is. But I think one of those stages is definitely dealing with the death of your parents um, that nobody ever really warns you about, but everybody knows has to come eventually. And I think it's a transformative experience that, that really affected me in a way that allowed photography and kind of making that body of work let me come to terms with that in a really positive way yeah that's definitely one good thing about the medium that there are those possibilities for you know being able to take something and express an emotion and really put a time into objects that aren't necessarily related but then they kind of have that meaning that they are right I guess I kind of when I first started thinking about making a body of work. I always thought like, oh, like 
I need to take the time to just shoot just one thing. Like I just want to shoot portraits and then I want to make a body of, you know, a body of work just revolving around portraits. But then I realized that I really enjoy uh, creating a body of work uh, from sort of like this retrospective perspective where, you know, you take all of these images over the course of, I mean, those images were taken over the course of a year, but you know, I had no intent beforehand in putting some of those images together. But when I went back into my archive and I looked at those images and I started seeing, you know, where these things really lined up, the, the book really put itself together and I didn't really have to force anything to, you know, kind of mesh with each other. Yeah. And that was about a year ago. Are you thinking about anything in publishing like now or maybe in the future? Yeah, um, I've been spending some time in uh, in Asia. So uh, I did a two week trip in uh, Japan this summer, and I also spent uh, I think up to three or four weeks in South Korea. So I would like to put just kind of like a small little uh, like a zine type of thing, just to kind of uh, record those trips. Not necessarily anything that's you know, uh, with too much intention, but just something as a physical album almost for myself to just kind of, you know, recollect those memories. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just looking through your feed right now. So what's your favorite subjects to shoot? Um, I think I really, uh, well, I really enjoy shooting, I have two cameras that I shoot primarily. Uh, one's like a, uh, it's a Context T3, so it's a quick point and shoot, fully auto, uh, aperture priority. You know, most of the time I'll choose the aperture. And then I also shoot with a Mamiya 6, which is 120, and it's a it's a 6x6 six six square format. I think shooting the square format, I favor over the 35 millimeter format because it makes me think differently about an image, and you kind of have to frame the entire image rather than just framing uh, what's going to be in focus. I think you have to really pay attention to your corners and and the whole image rather than just your, your subject. So with that camera, I, I find myself uh, maybe not doing too many like close-up images of anything, but I always seem to take a step back and I kind of look at a more holistic view uh, when I take an image with that camera. So I have a lot of uh, landscapes with that camera, and I also have a lot of portraits with that camera. And a lot of, uh, I would, I guess I would say, just from my experience in reading online and kind of gauging what people have said, is that a lot of people don't consider the Mamiya 6 really a portrait camera. Uh, but that's something that I really like, that's something that I really like doing with that camera is taking portraits. Um, you might not get, you know, the headshot that you know that's the typical headshot but if you just kind of step back and you just take you know a portrait of a person i think uh i think it makes a really beautiful image yeah those two cameras the mamiya and the contacts those are like people's dream cameras (laughs) yeah i yeah i know um and i i guess the the hunt for those cameras uh, is I guess I found like my end game. I finally, I know that they're dream cameras for a lot of people, but I, once I started shooting with those cameras, I said to myself, I will never let this camera go to both of them. 
Um, the contacts a little bit less so than the Mamiya because before I had my contacts, I had a, a Ricoh GR1 that I really, 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 really loved. And I sold it to try a T2. And I, I was so mad at myself because I just, I wasn't happy with the T2. It didn't fit in my pocket the way I liked it. It just wasn't as compact and as portable as the Ricoh. So, um, after that, and I, I decided that I was going to go with the T3 because I heard there was, you know, there's a lot of electrical issues with the with the Ricoh. So with the, a lot of the LCDs kind of die out after time, and so I just figured I'd 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 go for I'd go for the goal with that one. Doesn't one of the Kardashians have that camera, like uh, Kylie Jenner or something? I think it. Yeah, I think Kendall <laughs> has the uh, the T2 now. So. Yeah, I, I see people like talking about it online, but uh, you mentioned the T2 before, and I had that camera too, and I really didn't like it. Yeah, I, I think now more than ever, it's just kind of like, uh, it's just, I don't know, it's like the, the cool guy train that everybody's riding, and, and that's cool, you know, if, if people like it, you know, then shoot away, it's cool. Uh, it garners a lot of popularity for film, which is cool, but you always hope that people are shooting film for the right reasons. Not that you want to be like a snob about it, but um, at the same time, you know, you hope that people appreciate the process and are not just doing it for, you know, the materialistic view of, you know, some celebrity having the camera. And when you said before about shooting square and shooting portraits, there's one that you have on your feed where it's you and two of your friends sitting on the sidewalk eating that is a really good example of how portraits can be made with six by six. Uh, yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, I just kind of threw a yeah, I just threw the camera up in front of us and I was like, yeah, this would be a cool shot. There was uh, I think like the first four days that we were in Japan, we were awake at some ungodly hour just trying to get used to the time change, and the only thing open was Seven Eleven. So, um. So we just kind of walked around the city while nothing was open, but uh, we just decided to grab some breakfast. That that was probably around you know five in the morning. So, but yeah, that was it was really cool. You know, I never thought of it that I'm thinking now. Like, why did a square format come about? I wonder what the uh, what the initial kind of intent for it was. Or maybe mm. it was just easy <laughs> for like... Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I guess it just, it seems simple. I really have no idea. Uh, I do really appreciate it as a format. I think it's just something that, it it's one of the more unique ones, and it's one of the more, I guess, original ones, I guess you could say. Uh, so, you know, like the the old Rollies and stuff, and I just, they're, uh, it's just a fun format to shoot. And what kind of do you shoot black and white film or color film mainly? I shoot a lot of uh, Fuji Pro 400H. Uh, I really like how it's kind of muted uh, in its you know in its tones and its colors. And I I did a lot of Ektar for a while and some Portra. Um, I typically shoot Portra 160 just because it's a little bit cheaper. I uh, just try to keep the cost down a little bit wherever I can, but I'm I'm really uh, I really want to try some uh, Foma Pan 400, uh, and uh, I've seen some test shots of that film, and I really want to try it out. I really like HP5 just because there's a lot of you know a lot of room for mess ups and a, a wide latitude for mistake making. Yeah, um, 
the Foma pan, I've heard of it, but I've never really thought about it or looked into it or anything. Have you ever shot a Fuji Pro 400H at, I think, 200 is the popular one where people get, like, the pastel colors? Oh, really? Uh, no, I don't typically... Uh, I don't. I just usually just shoot box speed, um, unless of course I just forget to set the ISO on my camera, which probably happens more often than I want to admit. But um, yeah, I I need to probably experiment more. Uh, I'm usually just afraid that so because I do every all my developments by hand and like hand agitation, so uh, I worry that there will be some inconsistencies. So I try to keep as many variables as consistent as I can so I know what my expectations are for the end result. Do you see yourself taking photos for a long time? Like, can you see yourself through your life always, you know, documenting? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's, I think that's the cool thing about photography is that it doesn't matter if you're if you're 11 years old, like some of my students, or if you're 90 years old, you know, and it's something that can be just your journey and it can be very personal. It doesn't have to be, it just could be whatever you make it. And it's not something that requires a lot of, uh, physical, you know, work. So it's, it's definitely something that I plan to carry with me and hopefully something that I could leave behind, you know? And as of, like, your archives right now, like, if somebody were to look at all your pictures right now as a collective, what would you want that to convey? Uh, I think I would just want them to see that uh, there was intent behind my images and that I hope it makes them feel some certain type of way uh, than before they saw the image. So maybe they... Maybe they see a, a piece of themselves in the image, or maybe they can imagine themselves somewhere in the image, or you know where that image was taken. Like maybe I could take them uh, to a different place uh, mentally or emotionally, or uh, I, I, you know, that's ideally. Uh, I, I would hope that my images could somehow do that for for the people that look at them. But otherwise, I just you know, I hope that people just appreciate them and that they see that they come from a really genuine place. And is there anything that's on your mind, like anything about photography that especially right now, like you're very interested in, you'd want to talk about? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Hmm. I'm really interested to see where film photography is going to go uh, from here. I think, I think the buzz and the noise from the film community is very loud. Uh, and Japan Camera Hunter put an article out a couple weeks ago about why 35 millimeter uh, film is booming right now. And in the comments, uh, I scrolled down to the comments, and I noticed that there was a discussion going on about how you know, the, the film community is just this very, very small fraction of the population uh, when it comes to the consumer base of photography in general. Uh, a lot of people want to see a new uh, point-and-shoot camera, you know. Uh, one of the last film cameras were probably made by, I guess, Nikon. Uh, Nikon still makes 
some phone cameras new. I'm I'm not really sure on that. And then uh, Fuji uh, makes phone cameras. You know, whether it's the Instax or you know one of their latest ones was the uh, the Fuji the GW six six seventy GF six seventy. And I don't know. I think it'd be really interesting to see if the you know these big uh, corporations are going to listen to these this this small fractional maybe sometimes they feel marginalized group in the photography uh in, you know in photography and kind of see where that where that's headed uh, i'd like to see cameras being made new films being put out we see new films being put out and you know small companies are doing it uh film Ferenia is doing it and japan camera hunter put out his own role of film it's, I think it's really exciting, and it, it'll be interesting to see where that trend goes. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, there are so many movies are still shot on film, which I think is the way to go because it makes people feel nostalgic. So there's still so many people who are alive for decades and decades when film is all there was, you know. So even from, like, a marketing standpoint, if you're looking at a demographic, the demographic, the majority of the population, still remembers film. The unfortunate thing is that not many people think of it really fondly. Um, like older people, I've worked in many labs, and the men that I've worked for have said, you know, digital's the greatest thing. I no longer have to stand in line and huh. have my film developed or, you know, go in the dark room and develop my film and print it myself. Like, so for the convenience, for people looking for convenience, definitely digital, you know, is more of their first option. But. I mean, it seems like on the internet, too, it seems like film might be m much more exaggerated on the internet than, I guess, sales show these big companies. Right. Because all I see is film. <laughs> right, yeah. And it, I guess it goes, like, uh, a lot of people use, uh, like, the politics thing. Uh, we don't have to get into that, but, you know, like, it's just kind of like screaming through an echo chamber. You know, it's like you're... You're, you're infatuated with film. You love film. So you're always viewing these pages based on film photography. And you're always reading all this news every single day uh, about film. So you think that there's some sort of amazing like uh, revolution coming. But, uh, the you know, the big, the big event, the apex, never really comes. And I think it's because sometimes we get so, uh, you know, we get tunnel vision just kind of looking at the one thing. And then we, we totally forget that, like, you know, there's all these people with digital SLRs, you know, and even at a consumer grade, uh, they're just, they're everywhere and point and shoots, everything. So yeah, it's, I think it's a lot to think about and, hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I hear stuff like that, I just, I wish I could tell Fuji, I wish I could talk to the big guys there and just say, Hey, you know, don't forget that film is what funds your X series. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean the just the look of that camera alone just kind of just breeds like n nostalgia for people and i i own the the first x100 and i love that camera and i really like the way it looked and yeah i, I definitely agree with that yeah, so this has been a really good conversation i think like probably keeping it the 30 mark if you're comfortable with that yeah, absolutely. I like it because it would be like an experiment to see how the first like shorter formed interview yeah. goes. Yeah, awesome. Great. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really hope that you're going to be okay in the hurricane. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think I think we'll be all right. Are your windows boarded up? Uh, I did board up some windows today, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. I'll yeah, edit no this and have this up at some point during the week. Maybe tomorrow. I got to see. <laughs> okay. You know. I, I didn't find your, your main link, I don't think. Really? Yeah. I wonder what I did with it. I probably like took it off. Is it, is it on there? Maybe uh, I just... Nope. I, not anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I took a break from social media, so now I'm coming back, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> What what labs were you working at? Just curious. I've worked at ones in New Jersey, so I don't know like if you're oh, familiar with this yeah. area. I am very familiar with New Jersey because I lived there for 20 plus years. <laughs> uh, so um, in Ramsey, there was a photo lab called um, The Photo Place, okay. an interstate shopping center next to a shop, right? Uh, there was Moto Photo in Paramus. Oh, yeah. I remember Moto Photo. I went to Montclair State for a couple years, so. Oh, okay. I worked yeah. for uh, Marcel Studios in Ridgefield Park. Cool. Yeah, that's a couple of them. I can't really think if there's yeah. been any more. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I grew up in Bricktown for the most part along the shore. So, And then I went to Montclair for a couple of years and enjoyed that. So. Yeah. Local. Yeah, for sure. Great. So thank you for taking the time to speak to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. This has been another episode of the With a Camera podcast. I'm your host, Kristen. I can be found on social media at Kristen with a camera. If you or someone you know would like to be a part of this podcast, please hit me up on social media. If you liked this, please subscribe wherever podcasts are streamed. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Get out there and shoot.